praise the Lord that we're saved by grace. Amen? You know, it's always the pastor's kid. <laughs> but hey, let that be an example that Jesus is greater than anything in this world. Amen? Okay, well, get myself together. Um, I want to give you encouragement to, as you know, read the Word of God. And I encourage you to read Psalm 100, verse 5. Read that, especially in in light of today's message. I pray that you be encouraged in it. And know that that's truly where we go to find all of our hope, our joy. It's all in Jesus. So let us go then to the Lord in prayer as we just ask for His blessing today. Heavenly Father, we come before You today... Just so grateful that, uh, Lord, we get to glorify you. God, that, that's, you know, that, that's what our life is all about, is honoring you, looking to you, trusting in you. It's all about you, Lord, and not about us. God, you do amazing things through us, but it all points right back to you. God, we ask right now that uh, you be with those churches that are meeting across the world right now. Let them know they're being prayed for. We're in this together. We're in this to just proclaim your name wherever we go. God, we pray for all, the, for all the missionaries out in the world working amongst this day. And God, we also pray for our congregation and all the mothers out there and those who may have lost our mothers. Or, Lord, we pray for good memories and just good, just good thoughts and the remembrance of what you have provided for us in our mothers. And Lord, we also ask a special blessing to be placed upon those, these, the mothers who are here and now, that they continue to do the work of the ministry by simply loving you and pointing to Jesus all the way. God, convict us of our sins today. Help us, Lord, repent and to trust in you, to turn from our ways and to cling to the cross with empty hands of faith, Lord, reaching out. God, you are so good and we don't deserve any of your love, but yet you give it freely. Lord, I pray if anyone doesn't know you here today, that maybe today will be the day they come to know you. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so, in light of Mother's Day, uh, the sermon title today is going to be, Be Encouraged in God's Grace. And, The way we're going to do this is we're going to look at Mary who gave birth to our Lord and Savior. We're going to briefly, and I mean briefly, go over her song of praise in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. I mean, that passage on the side note is riddled with Old Testament passages. It's amazing. But anyways... um, So we're going to go look at Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, and see what we can learn about our God and His amazing grace over us. For truly, that is the greatest encouragement that we can ever have in this life. The greatest encouragement that I can give you. And it's really the only encouragement that can make a lasting impact upon us as we go about this world. For this world is a very dark place. It's hopeless. But if we keep our eyes upon Jesus and keep our hearts open to his love, our minds full of his grace and promises, 
We will be able to get through anything that comes our way. I mean, for it is by his grace and his grace alone that will keep us from being entangled and caught up in this exhausting, crazy world. I think that's putting it lightly. You know, for this world is is really bent towards breaking you down, crushing your very soul, and make you live in anger, fear, defeat, worry, doubt, hate, and so on and so on and so on and so on. It wants you to be burdened by life so that you can live in defeat and keep your head low as you walk around. This world is all about proclaiming to you evil after evil and sin after sin and problem after problem. And then offer you false hope to place your identity in, to find your worth and purpose that ultimately goes nowhere. And then you can start worrying about new things and getting angry by, about something else. You know, this world will not give you any hope. It will only give you pain. This world is corrupted by sin, and it can only offer you sin. We have to remember that. We forget that a lot. So if you look towards anything in this world to find your dignity, find your worth, find your security, find your purpose, you will only find discouragement, despair, hate, anger, fear, and death. There's only one way to overcome this world and not get bogged down by the muck and mire. And it's not found within you. It's not found in something else. Overcoming this sinful, evil world and its hardships and trials that come your way, it's not anything that you can do on your own in your own strength. You are not strong enough to defeat the sin that's in this world, and you are not strong enough to defeat the sin that's within you. But Jesus is. He will take care of you even when you cannot take care of yourself. We only need to keep trusting in him and his grace over us. And God will take care of the rest. We just trust. That's it. We don't need to focus on the doing because the doing has already been done in Jesus Christ. We don't need to focus on our own sweat and blood to overcome this world, for that will amount to nothing but death. But rather, we are to focus on Jesus' sweat and blood on our behalf by faith, and that will amount to life, peace, and hope. For He gave His life so we can have life. God has provided everything for you in Jesus so you can just rest in Him and stop working yourself to death and be at peace. You can live life freely and joyfully knowing that all has been taken care of in Jesus. And that is the one point of the message today. So if you get nothing else about what I say, if you fall asleep, I don't know. Just know that you can be encouraged in God's grace because all has been taken care of in Jesus. That's our first point and our only point. For God has provided everything for you and me and Him if we just have faith in Jesus. So let's look at our text today. And see how we can be encouraged then by Mary's song of praise and take joy in knowing that God has provided everything in Jesus. There it is again. Now, some major stuff has happened 
to Mary up to this point in our text. Things like, I don't know, you know, an angel appearing and saying, hey, you're going to bear a child that's going to save the world. You know, things like Elizabeth, her relative, confirming, saying, hey, the child that's in your room, you're in your womb, is the Lord of all. So Mary, being mindful of what has happened to her up to this point, Mary becomes overwhelmed and uh, with the glorious, of, uh, glorious grace of God in her life. And she says in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 47, Mary's, and Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The reality of who God is and what He was doing in her life was now piercing her heart and mind. The grace of God was becoming real to her. And she wanted more of that. She wanted to continue in that line of thought of seeing and experiencing God, uh, the, the greatness and the graciousness of God in her life. That's what, mag, that's what uh, my soul magnify the Lord means. I mean, her vision and her understanding of the Lord was now increasing beyond anything that she has ever comprehended in the past. Now, she knew on one level that prior to these revelations, that there was no hope for her without God. She knew that she was a sinner in need of forgiveness for her sins. That's why she calls God her Savior in this passage. But now the reality of that hope, of that forgiveness was now real and tangible before her eyes. God being her Savior was now going to be fulfilled by her Son, which was conceived within her by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's gracious plan of redemption of man was going to play out through her, a sinner who is in need of the very Savior she was going to give birth to. So it was this truth, this gospel message that God was going to save her and the world through Jesus Christ. This is what made her soul rejoice. It was going deeper into this knowledge of who God is and his gracious character that was fueling this rejoicing within her. For this truth was setting her free from the world around her and the depth of God's grace over her was truly being exposed to her now, and it was bending her mind. It was blowing her mind. The gray cells were just gone. She, so, she says in Luke chapter 1, verses 48 through 49, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mary states not only was she a sinner who had no claim to God, but also that her position in life was nothing worth looking at. When she says humble estate, it mean, there, this means that there was nothing in Mary's life or even about Mary that would merit any worth before God for her to be the one that bears his son. She was a nobody. She was just a peasant girl who lived in the place that no one cared about. She had no riches. She had no estate. She had no value in the world's eyes. In fact, when she says the humble estate of his servant, this is really her own assessment of herself. 
She even thought of herself as just another person who worshipped the Lord, was probably looking to get married, have a family of her own, deal with some arguments and hardships, change some diapers, and then pass on to the next life. She didn't think of herself as entitled to anything before God. She didn't see herself as a qualified person to do this amazing task at hand. But God, out of his grace and grace alone, gave her special attention to bring about the Savior of the world. He looked past all the pretty people, looked past all the high and powerful, looked past all the experienced and the wise of the world, and graciously and graciously chose a young, inexperienced woman at life to play a major role in his plan of redemption. And it is this revelation of God's grace over her and the grace that will come into the world through her, meaning Jesus, that she says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. What she means is that she realizes that from now on, the graciousness of God will be spoken about to all who come to learn of her. For truly, she was highly honored amongst all women. God truly honored her, not because she was anything special. She's already stated that. But he honored her out of his unmerited grace. So because of that, because of that interaction between God and her, she was now, or she has now become the living example and model of one who has experienced truly the grace of God in her life. She has truly experienced the unmerited favor of God's mercy, love, and kindness, and grace all through faith in Him alone. She is now this historical example, a a pinnacle, if you will, of God working by grace alone in his dealings with her. She reveals that she had no reason, that God had no reason to deal with her in in such a gracious way. For she was truly insignificant before him. And to press this in of how insignificant she is, And how far beyond and above God is to show how infinitely massive this gap is between God and her and to reveal the impressiveness of His amazing grace over her. She says in Luke chapter 1, verse 49, For He who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is His name. She praises God for what he has done with her by praising his attributes and bringing all the attention to his attributes. She makes these great things being done to her all about God rather than herself. She takes her mind's eye off of herself and fills her mind with the glory and wonder and amazement of who God is. She speaks of God being mighty and holy. And these attributes are just, not, are just not nice words to say in a prayer or a song, but what she speaks of comes, some, comes with some mighty weight and depth. Mighty and holy, meaning that there is no limit to his power, for there is nothing that he cannot do because he is so far beyond anyone or anything else in this world. 
This is the holy and mighty God who split the sea right in two and had people walk upon dry land. This is the holy and mighty God who can break huge city walls of Jericho with just simple trumpets and feeble shouts of men. This is the God who had fire and brimstone rain upon the cities of of Sodom and Gomorrah, destroying anyone and anything, eradicating everything that's there. This is the God who brought devastating plagues upon the land of Egypt, which has never been seen or experienced before. This is the God who, within a wink of an eye, dispersed all of mankind around the world, making them speak all different languages. This is the God who had the very earth open up and devour the people who rebelled with Korah against Moses. This is the God who flooded the whole world in a moment's notice. This is the God she is speaking of, the God of the Bible, who created all of creation and upholds it by His power. For He is mighty and holy. As Psalm 71.19 says, Your righteousness, O God, reaches as high as the heavens. You have done great things, O God, who is like you. That's what she's getting at here when she says that. It is this God that has done great things for her out of His grace and grace alone. This is what brought her heart to joy for the great, amazing God took notice of her simply out of His gracious, undeserved, unmerited love for her. And that's it. For that's what, for He has looked upon me means. Just a simple, sinful woman who the world knew not, but God knew well. And he blessed her with his grace. Now, I know that you might be thinking, well, that's just fantastic for Mary. I can see why she would be blessed of God, for truly God has given her a gracious blessing. But here's the thing, John. What does that have to do with me? What does that blessing, her being blessed, have to do with me? What does, and, and your first point, all has been taken care of in Jesus. What does that have to do with me? Well, my friend, there is an extraordinary remark of Mary that she states in this song of praise that is really magnificent and encouraging to all who read it. And it's in verse 50. It says... And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Did you catch it? Did you pick up on that? Mary said this merciful grace that she has experienced of God, him reaching down, saving her, blessing her with undeserved blessings, this gracious act of mercy is the way that God acts with all his people, not just her. I'll read it again. She says, His mercy is for those who fear Him. The way God interacted with Mary through His undeserved, loving, gracious mercy that she could not and did not merit and she did not deserve is the way that God always works with those who fear His name. So you too are graciously blessed in the Lord like her if you fear His name. Not that you would be giving birth to a Savior. 
That's a one-time, special, gracious, merciful act of God. But you will have His favor upon you and be blessed of Him, to be loved by Him, to be cherished of Him, to be called a child of His, to have His grace and blessings upon you if you fear His name alone. Now, fear is not freaking out and living in, constant, in a constant state of panic before God. But fear meaning those who have reverence for Him, or put simply those who trust in Him above all else. Trust in Him above yourself and anything else in this world. God's gracious mercy is for those who trust in Him and Him alone. For just as God has provided everything for Mary out of His gracious mercy, so she can be with Him and in favor with Him, all through His Son, Jesus Christ, That same promise of His gracious mercy is for you and I. No matter who we are in this life, if we place our faith in Jesus, we will be blessed by Him. This passage is saying, or really it's screaming out, that God works out of His gracious mercy over you and I through faith in Jesus alone. That's it. God has taken care of everything for you in Christ. You only need to trust in Him. You don't, need to, uh, you don't have to worry about being something. You don't have to worry about becoming someone. You are something, you are someone, if you have faith in Jesus. For He has made you His child and He has blessed you beyond your comprehension. Christ has done all the work you will ever need to do before God to be right with Him and have His favor upon you. His blood has covered your past failures and sins and, he has, and it has covered your future failures and sins. No matter how your relationships turn out in this world. No matter how how your children turn out in this world. No matter how your life ends up in this world. You, like Mary, can consider yourself blessed in the Lord if you have faith in Him and rest in His unchanging grace. You can rest and be encouraged knowing that your life is no longer dependent upon you and your performance. But your life now is dependent upon Christ alone and His finished work on your behalf. That's it. That's the joy of the gospel. To place anything else is bad news. The good news is it's done in Jesus. For this mighty and holy God is now for you and will care for you no matter how many mistakes are made before Him. If you have faith in Jesus, He will get... You threw it all by faith alone. And Mary, to drive in this point even more, that all is taken care of in Jesus, she says in Luke chapter 1, verses 51 through 53, He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent empty away. What you have here is Mary speaking prophetically like many of the Old Testament prophets do. For unto us a child is born in Isaiah. He hadn't been born yet, but it's speaking as if it's happened. She is speaking prophetically of what Christ will accomplish by His death and resurrection and what it means for all mankind who place their faith in Him. God is not looking for the strong. 
He is looking for those who know they are weak without Christ and His grace. God is not looking for the proud, but those who are broken, knowing their need for Christ and His grace. He is not looking for the mighty in position or in stature. He is looking for those who know, who are humble and know they are nothing without Jesus and His grace. He is not looking for those who are rich in accomplishment and things, but those who know that everything they do amounts to nothing without Jesus and His grace in their life. For this, for, for life is all about what Jesus has done. For life is all about has, how Jesus has done it all for those who have, who have faith in Him, and that's how it's always been and will always be. So she ends her song then with Luke chapter 1, verses 54 through 55, and says, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he has spoken to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And all she is saying is that God has always dealt graciously through his mercy, he has always helped his people in the past, even though they don't deserve it, and they did not deserve it. And he is now fully revealing and fulfilling the gracious promise that he made to Abraham who did not deserve it and could not earn it. He is now fulfilling his promise graciously through the one whom she will bear, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world and the Savior for you and I. For God has always been about people placing their faith in him to save them and he will take care of them by his grace alone. God says, I've done it all. Don't worry. For all power, all glory, all joy, all peace, all hope, all strength, everything to live truly in this world and live victoriously in this world and to be encouraged in this world comes from faith in Jesus and His grace alone. His grace over you. For we are to just believe by faith He has taken care of everything. Even though we don't deserve a single thing of it. For Christ has done great things for you and me by his death and resurrection, granting us eternal life through faith in him alone. So this Mother's Day, let us be encouraged and sing with Mary in magnifying the Lord, knowing that all of our worries, all of our fears, all of our faults, all of our failures, all of our sins that people love to point out, all of it has been covered by the blood of Christ. Let us be encouraged in God's grace and rest in it through faith in Jesus. For truly, by faith in Jesus, all has been taken care of by Him and His grace over us. So we can be at peace and have rest in this exhausting, insane world in which we live. Amen? Amen. Let us go to Him in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. God, you are truly a magnificent Lord. <laughs> what on earth or in heaven or anything do we have but you? That's it. And Lord, what claim do we have upon you? Nothing. But you have claim upon us because of Christ. God, I pray through any discouragement that, many, that, may, uh, that Mother's Day may bring, I pray we can be encouraged in you. 
I pray for the mothers who feel that they have failed their children or failed their husbands or failed just in general, that they be encouraged in you to know that the blood of Jesus has covered it all. Lord, I pray for also for the children who may have failed they failed their mothers or failed their parents or failed just in general at life that they know that it's all been covered by the blood of Jesus if they just trust in you. God, I pray for all of us here who are dealing with failures, who are dealing with sins, who are dealing with hardships, who feel that they just can't do it. Know that it's all been covered by the blood of Jesus. And that we all have a resurrected Savior who can give us all His grace if we just trust in Him. If there's someone that doesn't know you here today, Lord, I pray they come to know you. That there is hope, there is a way, and His name is Jesus. I pray this in your Son's name. Amen.